0: Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student-athlete and co-host. Ryan, jam, two-hand monster flush. Off the inbound, Ryan, jam, slam, jam. Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids Michigan area and are here to serve you today learn more at teamanders.com another week a ton more to cover we'll whip right through an intro then we're going to jump right to it plenty to talk about maybe nothing quite as exciting for Michigan State fans as last week and the week before but that's okay still control their own destiny shout out to the Braves we were on the pod last week when they hit a three run home run early and they held on in that game six they won their first world series since 1995 NFL weekend. We're not going to get much into the NFL this week, but tons of upsets. It seemed like yesterday Uh, capped off with Tennessee, just absolutely really shredding the Rams on the road. Um, You know, they lose Henry and you think, Oh man, they're dead to rights. They've won four huge games in a row. Uh, College football craziness continues. I believe it was seven more. Ranked teams that lost, a couple of top ten teams, and the coup de gras: college basketball starting this week, baby. Because as much as we love college football, there is nothing like
1: college hoops. All right, enough of that. Ryan, podium is yours. What exactly is the college football playoff committee looking for? That's the age-old question, right? We've been doing this since 2014, and sometimes the rankings are all jacked up and. They were a little jacked up last week. I mean, I, I thought about it a lot. Um, are they going off just pure wins, quality wins, common opponents, strength of schedule, how teams win, conference credibility, all that good stuff? You never know because it doesn't matter if you lose, obviously, because there's Alabama who had struggled a little bit. They lost to A and M, who's who's a ranked team, but I don't necessarily think they're a great team. Probably an eight and four, nine and three team. And they've struggled a little bit with other teams and they're ranked number two last week. And then there's Cincinnati who beat Notre Dame. I mean, they kind of struggled as of late, but they've been okay, but they're ranked, what, what were they, sixth? Um, and they were undefeated. So that's pretty crazy stuff. I, I, I just don't understand how they rank people. Um, I'm guessing Michigan will be ahead of Michigan State for some reason next week, even though Michigan State beat them, but I digress. Um I don't know what the committee's looking at if it's just based off of your conference. I mean, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, I think they should be at least the four seed in the playoff there, but I don't think that's going to happen. They've got a lot of work to do unless teams start losing in front of them, which I don't really know is going to happen. So crazy stuff happened here in the last four weeks. We'll see what the committee does. And I'll throw in my two cents when we get to college football in general, but
0: yeah, it's just week to week. I would put, I mean, it's fun to talk about, but I would put zero stock in to any of the picks until you get towards the end because so much is going to shift. My podium, we've talked about this a lot over the last almost year that we've been doing this podcast. Yep, we're going back to COVID. And I am going to ask a simple question Why is Aaron Rodgers being made a villain? Can't give me an answer, can you? I could give you a few. I'm going to keep it a little bit more PC and not say my exact feelings on this, but let's just suffice to say that there are plenty of guys in the same boat, also not vaccinated, who would not be taking the heat that Aaron Rodgers is. People at his position in the NFL. You can do the math and figure out maybe who I'm talking about. I applaud Aaron Rodgers for taking a stand and if you want to say, oh, he lied, he said he had, he never said he had the vaccine. He said he was immunized, meaning either he went through something else to get it, uh, you know, to, to treat himself or he had it before. I consider myself immunized. I had COVID a year ago and I'm not getting a shot because the government tells me I have to get a shot. Aaron Rodgers shouldn't have to get a shot because the NFL wants to look good and have everybody vaccinated. I know plenty of people who've been sicker than anybody I knew before the vaccine with COVID after the vaccine. So spare me your BS. The science does not hold water at this point in time. I'm tired of woke cancel culture. And I applaud Rogers. I think he went on, well, at Pat McAfee's show and gave an incredibly good and down-to-earth and right-on speech. Speaking for the general American who wants a choice in the matter. And that's what it comes down to. He wants a choice in the matter. You could say, yeah, but he's the highest paid player on the NFL team that has Super Bowl aspirations. He put his team at risk. You put your team at risk every time you go on the field and you make a a dumb play. You know, you could blow out your knee as a quarterback if you try to make an extra yard or put your head down. I just saw Justin Fields get absolutely crushed in the head in the Monday Night Football game. Spare me. It's a choice. Just like everything we do in this country is a choice, this is a choice. And I'm tired of people like Rogers being made out to be a villain when there are plenty of people in his shoes with maybe some different circumstances. And I think you can tell what I'm saying there if you want to fill in the blanks, fill in the lines, that are not taking any heat. It's garbage. It's trash. It's a travesty. It's ruining sports. Let people make their own decision. Period. All right, we got a couple of we could call it team up. Well, actually, one of them maybe is a tee up, and one of them is a personal foul flag for this week. Um, Ryan, you want to give us the the first one, the flat or the the personal foul, I guess, or the the team up?
1: Yeah, the personal foul. Uh, Jimmy Lake, head coach of Washington, uh, suspended because he. Was like abused his player basically on the sideline, grabbed him by his helmet, threw him, then pushed him hard on the sideline. He's like, Oh, I did it because I'm trying to get him away from something. You can't do that to a player, especially nowadays. You got yeah. to be smarter than that. I mean, it's I, maybe he was think he was doing something good, but you can't do that in the, this day and age, especially when you're on the hot seat like he is already. Uh, not good. Yeah, he's oh. not. I don't think he's going to survive
0: that, to be honest. I mean, I think that's just a good. Reason He was spouting off at the mouth last week about recruiting against Oregon when he's got like the 55th ranked class. And then this happens, I think it's just grounds for the university to get rid of them. You know, they've been underachieving all year. Just stupid, man. Shut up. Personal foul. And like, I get it. If you want to separate your guys, you get in between them and you push them at arm's length. You don't kind of take a swipe at their helmet. You don't push them in the back when they're walking away. I mean, come on. This is... This is Bobby Knight stuff. I mean, it, believe me, I have no problems with that myself. But like Ryan said, in today's day and age, come on, dude, time and place. you got to know what's going on. And the other one is the NCAA for the Terrence Shannon ineligibility at Texas Tech. Ryan probably get get a little bit more into this. I saw this on The Athletic the other day, just that they were kind of holding them out just in case. But I, I just don't get the NCAA, so we're going to flag them, flag them, tee them up because they pick and choose where they want to play, right? A couple weeks ago, they banned Oklahoma State from the postseason for college basketball this season. And yet, they've done nothing to Arizona. Well, they let them in nothing last Nothing to LSU. Nothing to these other schools that are tied to a, a freaking Netflix show about illegal recruiting. and Nothing has been done to them. And you're going to, I just, I don't get it. NCAA, go away. Go away. You made a mess out of this whole NIL thing. You make a mess out of your who gets in trouble for violations and who doesn't. Either restructure or go away. Yep. Agreed. All right. Moving on to spot number one. We've got a busy week. We've got plenty of college football. We've got plenty of college basketball. Spot number one, as it has been all season and will remain for the next few weeks yet, Big Ten football. Um, Ryan's got a series of tweets that I'm going to tee up here real quick if you got them pulled up on, on the whole Harbaugh-Tucker thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so sure. all i got to say is, we got a T, you know, throwing the flag on Harbaugh, too. We did last week. Jim, shut up. That game that you lost happened 10 g- days ago, and you're still bitching about still it to brilliant. the media? Still? Come on. I mean, it, right. talk about it. It, start, it stems from the program. D'Antonio was exactly right. And you are such a freaking whiny crybaby. Michigan State got, arguably, we didn't see as much of it because we were at a wedding. But... Michigan State had a couple question of calls go against them. Sometimes that happens. You don't have to like it. But the fact of the matter is, just like Michigan State got outplayed by Purdue last weekend, you got outplayed when it mattered against Michigan State. Shut up. Ryan, give us a
1: sense for what was said. So Jim Harbaugh, uh, this isn't word for word, but he basically said the Big Ten told him officiating mistakes were made in Michigan State's uh, win over Michigan, including Peyton Thorne's fumble that led to Hutchinson's touchdown flip that around, Mel Tucker indicated this about officiating in the And I guarantee Purdue you this game. was a
0: veiled response to what Harbaugh had said.
1: Indicated that he hopes to get clarity from the Big Ten Simeon Barrow targeting call soon. Tucker said he does not like to talk about officiating or hears players complain about calls. He said it's counterproductive complaining and makes your team soft. Exactly.
0: Counterproductive to complain and it makes your team soft. That's your guys, Jim. They couldn't Buckle down a 16 point lead because arguably they're soft because you spend more time 10 days later at the podium whining and like, hey, I told you, like, I'm vindicated. You're not going to get the win. You lost the game. Get the frick over it. As far as Big Ten play for this weekend, I mean, a couple just general thoughts and we can get into some games. Again, we were at a wedding, so we didn't see as much of it. But all the crazy West, a four way tie, I think four mess. teams at four and two. It's a mess. Minnesota was in the driver's seat, and they go and they lose to Illinois. Who don't look now, but Illinois is four and six, and they've got to buy this weekend to get ready for Iowa, who's not very good and right now playing with a backup quarterback, and then Northwestern in a rivalry game. I mean, it is not far fetched to see them get six and six and bowl eligible. I mean, they're uh, unbelievable. We had them pegged for three and nine this year, so. Even if they don't win another game, I mean they've clearly overachieved. Yeah, they've had lots Punching of issues, above their you know, and they've gone. I was that one on the road. Yeah, I mean they've been they've been going on the road and doing this. They beat Penn State on the road. They beat Minnesota on the road. Yep. And shame on you, Minnesota. You give your coach a seven year contract and then you go out and you score six points against Illinois. I get it. You're on your fourth running back. I, I mean I understand. But you've lost a bowling green and now Illinois at home in two games where you are double-digit big favorites. Mm-hmm. And and you had indie insights, indie insights with Iowa, Indiana, and Wisconsin left. All doable. Maybe not Wisconsin as much anymore, but I, I, it blows my mind. So now you got Iowa with two losses, you got Purdue with two losses, you got Wisconsin with two losses, you got Minnesota with two losses. Arguably out of those, now Wisconsin's probably playing the best, but Purdue might be really the best team out of those groups. I mean, Purdue went on the road, got a win at Nebraska. They went on the road and they throttled Iowa. They handled Michigan state at home. Um, shredded Michigan state secondary with 536 yards passing. I mean, and, and what do they have left? They've got Indiana and old Oaken bucket game. They have Penn Ohio state this weekend. That's, that's a tall task. Although they've gotten better Ohio state teams in the past. And then they've got Northwestern. I mean, yeah, that West is going to be wild. Yeah, we've got you know really a three horse race in the Big Ten East between Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Um, but the West, I mean, I think that's that's going to be the fun one to watch. The, the East will clearly settle itself out, and whoever comes out of the East, I believe, unless they have two losses, is going to be um, you know if they can win the Big Ten championship, is going to be the a shoe in for these for the CFP. But that's just a couple of my thoughts. Ryan, what did, what did you see in the Big Ten this weekend?
1: Yeah, like you said, the West is wild. Wisconsin's getting back to normal. I mean, they throttled Rutgers, I think it was 52-3, um, getting back to running the ball. Mertz still is not good, but their defense is really stepping up, getting healthy again. They're looking like the Wisconsin we thought that they could be, um, which, which is good for the Big Ten, I think, um, having them up there and doing well like they should. I mean, Minnesota, that, that loss is inexcusable. I mean, I, I get it, you're you're dinged up, but you're at home, you're in the driver's seat, you control your own destiny in the West, and you lose to Illinois. That's not cool. Um, speaking of the West, Iowa, Northwestern, another sleeper, 17-12. to 12. I mean, seriously, Petrus okay. got hurt, so Iowa's offense is probably going to be worse, because if he's their starter, I can't imagine the other guy. And I, and we know why Petrus is not very good, because he's buddies with Jared Goff, enough said. That's exactly right, but... Nebraska, right there again against Ohio State. They they're just snake bitten. They they can play in these close games, but they never win. They always have something to screw up. I mean, and Scott Frost, if you he didn't hear, they restructured his contact, contract. He's coming back next year. They get more, but they fired their whole offensive staff. I don't know if that's gonna help, but we'll see. Well, and
0: I saw a crazy stat about that whole thing while I was waiting to eat dinner tonight with Frost. This year, they've. Scored no touchdowns. Oh, maybe even points. In fact, I think it was points in the last six minutes of their their seven losses, which have all been by nine points or less. By the way, I mean Ohio State was the "quote unquote" blowout of the lot with a nine point loss in a game that they had a chance. So they didn't. They haven't scored in the end of the game when the rubber meets the road, and that's probably why they got rid of four offensive assistants today. Two of them, I think, played at Nebraska. I think I read. Um, guys that have been with Frost for a while, I personally think it's probably the right thing to do. I really, right am, look. I think you, you need to, to give guys five years. Um, I think next year is going to be it, right? But they Nebraska's also facing a $20 million buyout if they leave him. Plus, he's a favorite son. So there's lots of things stacked up against them. And I get it, you want to win. Um, really, offensively, I think I also saw Nebraska's like second in the Big Ten in yards per game and like, third on yards per play so in kind of in essence it's it's not about moving the ball between the 20s clearly it's about scoring their kicking has been a mess i think they missed two or three field goals against ohio state so that's part of it and when you're losing close games and you can't make field goals that's a big problem um i think it's probably the right thing to do though give him one more year see how he can do that's all you can really do is shake up your staff and the defense has honestly held them in games when the offense has been turning the ball over and that kind of stuff so It'll be interesting to see. I, I think Frost has got to go find a good OC and he needs to relinquish control of the offense and let his offensive coordinator call that. Yeah. And he needs to focus on maybe more of the CEO part, maybe some more of the details and be, become a better recruiter, I think. Yeah, um, special teams could use a lot of help there. So maybe that's a spot where he can help out in. Um, good to see him get one more year. I, I'm not a fan necessarily of knee-jerk reactions, you know. I think he played with Trev Alberts, I believe, who's their AD. Um, I think he didn't only keep his job because he played at Nebraska and won a national championship. But, I mean.
1: He's got one more year. He's, he's got one more right. year
0: to kind of prove himself. He's the good. thing is, as Ryan showed me, they're 14th right now in the Big Ten in aggregate for recruiting for next year. Um, you know, and they're losing their 12th year quarterback, no, Martinez. No, no, no.
1: He's a junior. No. He's listed as a junior on their. Sky. Hasn't he played Lifted for five up. years? This is his. He's a should be a senior, but he's listed as a junior. So he's going to be COVID. like a super junior. So they're going to bring him back next year, I would think.
0: Oh boy, I don't know if he turned it over against Ohio State though, which would only be the second time in his Big Ten career he didn't cough up the ball in a big game. But you know, interesting there with Nebraska. But you look again. You look at the West, and, and I'm looking at the master schedule and who teams have got left. I mean, you got to say Wisconsin's in the driver's seat. Northwestern, in Nebraska. At home, then at Minnesota. I mean, those are definitely winnable games. You know, Iowa, if they had an offense, I mean, they play Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. Um, You know, Purdue still has Ohio State, Northwestern, and and Indiana are winnable, but, uh, you know, the West is going to be wild. Um, Another last thing, probably on on Big Ten, unless we want to talk a little bit more about specific games, Ryan, is um, huge weekend by wide receivers in the Big Ten. Oh, David Bell. You know, of course, he's getting ten years of cushion every time, but he dominated Michigan State. Um, what's his name? Number Dotson, eleven. Dotson. the yeah, Dotson for Penn State and Smith, Smith and Jumba just absolutely. I think yeah. he set maybe an Ohio State record. He had like fourteen or fifteen catches against Nebraska. So yeah, dominant. Um, interesting though, with with Ohio State, did see a little bit of that game. They're struggling to run the ball the last couple weeks, and you know when. When you can't run, I would say it's harder to pass. Although Michigan State is absolutely shutting teams down to run, and teams are shredding them through the air, so I guess it depends on who you're playing. But um, you know, Ohio State is definitely beatable. I think you know their last two games, Michigan State and Michigan. I think that that those games, and then you know, throw in there, Michigan plays Penn State this weekend. Michigan State plays them at the end of the season. Um, you know, so they could definitely throw a monkey wrench and things, but. I'm going to go out of line and say that the winner of the Michigan State-Ohio State game is going to be who wins the Big Ten this year. I, I truly believe that um, after watching these teams play. That's the thing about Michigan State is they give up a lot of points. They still last week gave up four red zone. You know, four of them late were were field goals, not touchdowns. Um, the problem is they couldn't convert as well as they had been, um, you know, through a 50-50 ball that was considering an interception both guys came up with it the ref said no the defense had it Tucker didn't complain about it you know that stopped fourth and goal you know fourth and four late in the game at the one they had a turnover on downs I think into the territory they had a freshman kicker I'd never even heard of out there kicking because who knows what's wrong with Coglin um, or McMuffin um but yeah I mean Ohio State looks beatable Penn State's been playing a little bit better There's lately
1: not, everyone's vulnerable.
0: You know, Michigan bounced back nicely against Indiana. You know, a little bit of a slow start, but they, they fared well there towards the end. Don't know what the book is on Quorum. Heard that he got hurt. Yeah, he might be out and They're not sure. Um, Michigan They dominate on the ground again, but still. I, I, just I think Haskins, honestly, He's is, better is a better back. He's a better back. But that's, that, that's an elimination game right there Saturday in State College, and it's too bad that it's not a whiteout because I would say Penn State would be destined to win that game for sure. But it's a nooner. Lots of things can happen in noon games. You never know. I mean, the crowd's going to be rowdy out there, but we'll get into picks in a little while. But anything else, Big Ten? Penn
1: State and Maryland threw for like 800 yards. Crazy. That gets me into a quick little thing I want to do about Michigan State. Michigan State's pass defense is is an issue. It's been an issue all year, and now it's – not it's even worse. and is it a personnel um, issue or is it an alignment? I issue? think it's a mixture of both. I think that we don't I think Michigan State doesn't have the guy. I mean, you don't have a darkquessonard or a Trey Wayne you can play press coverage with every time, but these guys aren't like division eight guys. I mean they they're in college playing starting for a reason at a high level team. I mean they can they can play press coverage. You give them 10 yards every time giving a ding and duck I mean 40 for 54 was Purdue's quarterback 54 mm. passes he threw. I mean that's ridiculous out yeah, a lot of
0: pad and then when you're when you're giving the pad and oh, you're making tackles it's disgusting it's okay because then you're bending but when you're giving pad and missing tackles like on the 39 yard like crazy reverse throwback screen whatever
1: touchdown that Purdue mm-hmm. had. Um, My biggest you know. issue with it is is Michigan State's third down defense. They run mm-hmm. that on third down. They give cushion. That's a first yeah. down every time. I mean, it's probably they gave up. I think it was eleven for eighteen on third down. That's unacceptable. And At one point, it was eleven for fifteen. Unacceptable. I yeah. mean, you can't you can't have that. Hey, some things need to be done. They need to blitz more. They need to disguise their coverage better. I don't know. They need to do something different because. Maryland's going to throw the ball 60 times. They did it the other day. They threw it 55 times. Ohio State's going to throw it 50-plus times. Penn State might throw it 50-plus times. So it's not going to get any easier. Um, And the only team with a running game in that lot that has
0: anybody that can threaten Michigan State is Ohio State. So do you stop selling out to stop the run? I mean, you know, the fear we've talked about is the big play. Well, the only really big play, truly, like over-the-top big play that happened against Michigan State with Purdue was when... Um, Kimbrough fell down. Like, he got his feet tangled up and he fell down. Yep. So it wasn't even that he got beat. He was in pretty good position. They just got tangled. And then, of course, you know, when you go down and the receiver's open, he's going he's gonna to catch a, a deep ball. But it's not like Michigan State's getting burned over the top like Thorne was doing to teams earlier in the season. And even right. then, I'll take my chance that that might happen once in a while because the safeties are good. You just, like Ryan said, you can't continue to give up third. And and it's not even just the third and twos. It's like third and eight, third and 12. I mean, times when you know, and and your defense is getting tired and guys are at a point in the season when they're getting dinged up. You had Barrow with whether should have been a targeting or not, you know, by the letter of the law, sure. Quarterback dipped his head a little bit. It's kind of a tough spot, but is what it is. It's why we don't like the ejections, you know, call the penalty type of thing. I don't think it was maliciously intended, but it was, you know, by rule. It was a targeting call, so you lose somebody there. When you got guys dinged up and you need to rotate, you know, Michigan State didn't struggle to run the ball against Purdue. You know, Walker hit his averages, um, you know, but oh, they had, had no horse. They had two guards, a starting guard and a backup guard that were out. You know, this this time of the season, all four D backs are are beat up. You know, you know, you got to figure something out. You know, I read a quick article the other day. Michigan changed their defense and they changed their approach against Indiana, and it worked. Now, albeit Indiana was starting a true freshman quarterback who's more of a basketball player at this point than a quarterback, but um, you know, I yeah, something's got to change for Michigan State. And then I think that they ha- do have a legitimate chance. But you know, in nine and three, if all is said and done, if they lost a couple more games, is that the end of the world? No, because their over be under like was four and a half. But, but it would be disappointing with the way the season started. So. We shall see lots of big football to be played over the next three weeks. That is for sure. All right, moving on to spot number two, college football um, at large. Crazy things. A lot of losing teams finally got off the schneid. Arizona broke, I think it was a 20-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. For a short term, a lot. UNLV then was the longest losing streak at 14. They won. Colorado has not had a very good season. They got a win. Um, you know, Bad teams are winning. Like I said, seven ranked teams lost. Alabama didn't look that great. LSU had two chances in the last four or five minutes to to win that game and couldn't get it done. Cincinnati has struggled week over week. I think they're kind of feeling the pressure of trying to carry the mantle for the non-Power Fives, um, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, they struggled. Then you had Wake, who also lost in addition to Michigan State, so that knocked down the undefeateds down to four left. Baylor lost a top-12 team um, to TCU, who had just fired their coach. Florida is an absolute train wreck, and if Mullen keeps his job, it'll be a shock. I mean, there's just so much craziness going on in college football right now.
1: Yeah, Florida, that's where I want to start. They're a complete dumpster fire right now. I mean, they get blown out when they're a 20-point favorite by South Carolina, who is pretty dang Third-string quarterback. Yes, third-string quarterback. They're not good, and they just get... Absolutely housed. That's not, that's embarrassing. I think if I mean they're probably gonna lose a couple more games. I mean, I don't know. I, I Dan Mullen might be on the on the r- really really hot seat. Something um, like since last year they
0: called it the sh- I can't remember the shoe play that happened in the, that was against in the LSU. Fog, fog he bowl tackled the guy,
1: chucked his shoe. Oh, that's right, that's right. And made
0: the long field goal. Yep, to win it. Um, since then, I think they're four and five. I read. Um, you know, and they were like eight and one going into that game. So
1: yeah, karma. Yeah, it's not cool. Um, <laughs> LSU actually gave Bama a run. That was that was good. They had a chance to win. They didn't. That would put Bama out. Um, but stay in the SEC. A M. Auburn another grinder. A and second quarterback got hurt. I don't know if it's ex- for an extended time, but it didn't sound good. Um, Cincinnati struggled again uh, with Tulsa. Tulsa was right there. Had a chance to the end to, also, and. Didn't capitalize, but weight goes down another undefeated down. Had a big lead, in the, big in the lead, quarter, high dude. scoring, hundred plus points in that one. College football is wild, it is. So let's do real quick here while we're still on
0: college football, and of course we spend the majority of our time on Big Ten. And we talked a little bit, Ryan. You talked about it a little bit in your open about the CFP. If you had to rate rank your top four, not not for what you predicted to be, because I think there's a lot to change. But if you had to say right now, who are your top four, if you were on the committee, who would they be?
1: Uh, I'd probably go Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. That's how I'd probably rank the.
0: Yeah, and I think my only difference there is I would go probably Bama, although I think it's a little bit of a toss-up. Bama's probably won a couple more, more difficult games than Ohio State at this point in time. But I think unequivocally, you... Now, UTSA would say, well, what about us? Because we're 9 0. Unequivocally, though, you put your power five teams in there that are undefeated, period. I don't care. And, and then Cincinnati, too. And I don't care if Cincinnati, you know, their best win is, is you know, best two wins are at Notre Dame, who, by the way, has only got one loss, or at Indiana, who has underachieved from what they were supposed to be. They're playing the schedule that's in front of them. They're winning all their games. They're one of the four best teams right now. They're better than Oregon. Are they better than Ohio State? Maybe, maybe not. But at this point in time, they've got no losses. Then I think you start to, you know, so you go Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, boom, all undefeated. Then you can jockey between Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, you know, Michigan State, Michigan, whatever. We could argue until the Cow, Notre Dame, we could argue until the Cow's come home with that last spot. But right now for me, it's those four. Um, And, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of clarity week over week, but, you know, CFP rankings right now are window dressing. Exactly. It's something for people like us to, to complain about and to argue about. I guarantee you, just like the coaches, in the coaches poll that I used to have my faith in when it was the Amway coaches poll, who somehow moved Michigan ahead of Michigan State even though head to head, the only difference being Michigan State beat Michigan. That's inexplicable to me. Like It's kind of like the argument of why is Ohio State ahead of Oregon? Oregon did did beat Ohio State, no matter what's been in front of them, how close their games have been, whatever else, head-to-head, if everything else is equal, same thing, I wouldn't be surprised if the CFP moves Michigan ahead of Michigan State, I would, I probably won't even watch it for that reason, because it's just going to piss me off, because I think it's ridiculous, but I have to remember, this is all just window dressing for when it really matters. After championship weekend, the first weekend in December. Anything else college football-wise, Ryan? I've got nothing else. All right. Let's move into the meat of things. Hoops is getting started. We've got to finish off our Big Ten previews. We each have two teams left. We're going to spend spot number three, each of us on a team. Spot number four, we're going to give Ryan's other team. And then I'm going to actually throw our overall standing in. Spot number five is the Spartans preview. So we're both going to dig into that. So. Next three spots are all about hoops, so get ready for that because we're going to be doing lots of hoops mixed in with football here for the next several months. I think Ryan, would you say until the Final Four weekend, until April fifth? Basketball
1: every weekend.
0: Starting this weekend, there's basketball every weekend, which is a very, very good thing. All right, Ryan, you want to get us started with uh, your preview
1: here, which I believe is got the the boys in blue, a two the Wolverines, uh, one of the preseason favorites in the Big Ten for good reason um bring back some good guys have some good really good freshmen coming in um yeah it, it's a good team um dickinson's definitely the headliner start with him i mean one 260 pounds huge gets away with moving screens but i mean not, we've said that before screens, moves, he's, he's a big duty he's a, he's a good basketball player i mean he's a really good finisher um not a great defender by any stretch can't really shoot I think he was trying to develop it, but I saw his jump shot. His jump shot is hideous. Um, but funny stat I, I think I, I don't remember if I read this, if I heard this in a podcast I was listening to, but really, I mean, I, I believe it because I watched him a lot last year. Um, but when he posts up, he is 93% of the time using his left hand to finish. 93% out of 125 plus post ups. That is... what do you want to take away? Uh, I think if you guarding him, you might shade to his right shoulder. Because I, 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 I said that all last year to my friends when we'd watch. it say, force him to use his right hand and he doesn't have one. And when they would, he couldn't do anything. 93%. That's pretty crazy. That's not versatile. No wonder why the NBA didn't want him. He's also just a big ogre man. Um, but staying with guys that are back. Um, big headliners back. Eli Brooks comes back for a fifth year. He's been kind of their workhorse at the guard position, good defender, capable shooter for sure, um, brings a lot of experience and really good leadership, um, tough SOB he is, uh, Brandon Johns is back, started a decent amount last year, especially when Liver was Livers was out, um, he's had some good games, he's he's decent shooter, um, he's, he's up to 240, so he's put on some weight it looks like, um, but he's a good ball player, um, probably will... Probably will start. I think I don't. I don't really know. Uh, Terrence Williams is back. He's a guy that I never thought was great last year. He's kind of a tweener between a three and a four. Um, not a great shooter. He's a good. He's a good scrapper though. He's number five sophomore this year. Zeb Jackson uh, played a decent amount last year. Lefty guard. Uh, probably will be a key guy off the bench for him. Uh, he's got good size at six five, but he's not really a shooter. I think he was like two for twenty five from three last year. Not very good, but. All right he's uh, he's coming back, and then a guy that I definitely I think is going to play a big role for him. Um, transfer coming Devonte Jones, grad student from Coastal Carolina, Sun Belt player of the year last year. Good score, tough defender. He's 6'1, 200, pretty good size. He's they think he's like Mike Smith, but he's better than him. Um, better shooter, better score. Maybe even a better passer, so we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, I'm definitely think he's going to start at the one for Michigan, and then look at their freshman Kobe Buffkin from Grand Rapids Christian. Um, he rose in the rankings last year. Never thought he was. How oh, was he? A excellent All American. I watched him in high school. Yeah, no he, way. he's a good. He's a good player. I think he's got potential. But he's six four, 175 pounds. That, that's not in he's the not Big Ten. I don't know about that it's at one, at 175, but. Frankie Collins, uh, he was probably going to start at point guard before they got Devontae Jones. He's a bit of a bulldog, 6'1", 185 guard from Vegas area. He's probably going to be a nice player for them. Um, I think th- th- these two are probably going to be their best two freshmen, um, and that's Musa Diabete 6'11". He's only like 210 pounds, um, played for IMG Academy. He's originally from Paris. Um, really tall, really good shot blocker, not much of a shooter at all. Good finisher. Um, good rebounder. He's probably gonna play good minutes. They're trying to get him involved with, with Dickinson a little bit. Just don't know if they could do that necessarily with the amount that they just have in the paint there because both can't really stretch the floor. And then I think guy that's picked to be Big Ten freshman of the year in a lot of people's eyes. That's Caleb Houston, two um, three swing man. Uh, went to Montverde. He's from Ontario. Um, he's six eight. He's got a stroke. Apparently, really good shooter. Um, He's probably, he's top three freshman in the Big Ten for sure. Um, he's going to be a nice player. I mean, he's, he's probably going to start right away. Um, good shooter, athlete, shot blocker, defender. He kind of fits Michigan's bill a little bit. Look, he's he's a, looking like he might be a lottery pick, so he might be a one and done for the Wolverines uh, this coming year. But looking at their schedule, um, not overly challenging by any stretch. I mean, start off with Buffalo on Wednesday, then they play Prairie View a uh, Seton Hall at home and the Gavit tip-off and they go to to Vegas for the Roman main event they play UNLV who's been struggling as of late then Arizona or Wichita State two teams that are okay and then um, at North Carolina in the ACC Big Ten Challenge that's a, that's a tough game uh, home against San Diego State uh, Brian Dutcher and then honestly just a bunch of not great teams Central Florida on the road at the end of December that's really it I mean Big Ten schedule play Michigan State twice in January Um, play Purdue a couple times early, and then Ohio State a couple times later in the season. So not necessarily the easiest schedule Big Ten-wise. I mean, they get some of the better teams twice. They also get Illinois twice, Um, Maryland only once, which is nice for them. Um, But, yeah, it should be interesting. We're going to see what happens. Turkey's done. Yeah, it is. But uh, we'll see what happens with the Wolverines. I think they're definitely a two to three... One to three in the Big Ten. I'm thinking more two um, right now.
0: Yeah, then I'm going to throw my Wisconsin preview at you and just stop the presses. It's not the same five white guys starting for Wisconsin that have started there for the last 16 years. Lots of guys gone except for the player everybody loves to hate. Brad Davison is back for his 12th year of leg whipping and tripping a la Teddy Dupay, a la what's-his-name from... Uh, Duke a few years ago, Grayson Allen, he's the villain of college basketball. It does seriously feel like Wisconsin has had the same starting five forever, but gone are Dimitri Trice, he's playing in France, Nate Reavers playing Croatia, Micah Potter is in the NBA with the Heat. Um, seven guys gone, but there was a lot of unrest. There were some not so great things said and shared in the media about Greg Gard between players. lot of unrest so probably a little bit of roster upheaval is a good thing you know last year might have been one of the first years i think in years that wisconsin didn't make its way into the top four in the big 10 they just always find a way Mm -hmm. i don't think that's going to be the case this year but they're gonna they're gonna be right there they're gonna be competitive because they're wisconsin and they're they're always competitive but i think they're a little middle lower middle of the pack um let's take a look at their starting lineup i mean we talked about davidson love him or hate him he is a gamer i mean he does a little bit of everything he he can score a little bit he can rebound he can get assists he's a tough defender he's a dirty defender he gets under your skin he gets in your head you know he gives them an advantage um you got jonathan davis uh because you got so you got davison playing point guard i think is a little bit out of i don't know that he's really a point guard you got jonathan davis sophomore at shooting guard um, he was probably Wisconsin's top player off the bench last year. Can score a little bit. Was a former four-star recruit. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be probably the, really the the pivot point for the Badgers of whether they're they're good and make some some real good headway or they're they're decent and average uh, small forward. You got Tyler Wall who's been playing a little bit again. He's a good ball he, player. He played quite a bit. Um, you know, five and a half points, four and a half rebounds type of guy. a huge dynamic scorer, but he's somebody that can can definitely um, get in there and mix it up a little bit. Um, Got another sophomore, so they're actually a little bit young in in by some stretches. Um, Ben Carlson, another former four star, missed most of his freshman year with with injury. Um, Nothing too super impressive stats wise, but um, you know he doesn't necessarily have this power forward spot locked up. But I think he's got a lot of potential. And then you got a senior. Uh, transfer from Cincinnati, Chris vote. Um, you know, he's a defensive stopper. He was really solid in the AAC, um, as a shot blocker. He's not a whole huge scorer, So I look at that lineup and I'm like, who's going to be your scorer Because yeah. they don't have a whole lot of scores in there. Um, you, you know, Wisconsin will develop because Wisconsin develops and that's what they do. Right. I mean, that's what they're good at. Um, coming off the bench, you got a Jacoby Neath, who's a junior transfer. Um, He's a Canadian coming to Wisconsin. By the way of Wake Forest, he played a decent amount for the Demon Deacons last year. Again, didn't average or, or dish too much, but he's somebody to look out for. Um, guard Chucky Hepburn, Chucky. Um, great name, true freshman. He's a three star. Um, came out of Nebraska, so they got him out of Hoiberg's uh, realm there. Um, you know, he was kind of not huge offers, but I you know I think that he's the he's a Wisconsin prototypical type mm-hmm. of guy. You got another freshman, Chris Hodges, a uh, forward, another three-star guy. Um, you know, I mean, he had some decent offers, Wisconsin, Rutgers, DePaul. He's from, from you know, Illinois, so it's a little bit of a steal again to get him across the border. And then you got um, Stephen Crowell, who's a sophomore. Didn't play a lot last year. I think he played in just 12 games. Um, he managed to get more rebounds than points. But, you know, a lot of times that's what happens with freshmen. So, you know, I think – As it goes, Wisconsin's just got a lot of unknowns. You know, whereas they've been very known for the last several years, this is probably a very unknown year. But in some respects, much like Michigan State, which we'll talk about in a little while, sometimes coaches like that. They can fly under the radar a little bit. They can mold guys to their style. Um, You know, looking at the schedule, Wisconsin's got some cream puffs in its non-conference schedule. Uh, But they do have a fair amount of tough games. You know, I mean, they're actually starting the season – well, this is probably preseason, but UW Whitewater, um, a good D three team. Um, then they play Green Bay. Um, things get more difficult there. They they're playing in the um, they're playing Providence in the Gavitt games. Then they're Played going to Maui. Maui, Maui, which is in Vegas. Um, they got they're either going to be guaranteed Texas A and M, Butler, or Houston, and then maybe Oregon, Notre Dame, or St. Mary's. So I mean, that's not going to be a cakewalk for them. Feel bad for them, they don't get to go to Maui. Vegas is, is I guess, a decent consolation prize, but it ain't no Maui. Um, they got Marquette, you know, who's a new look in that kind of in-state rivalry. It's kind of like the Missouri-Illinois game. You know, uh, Big Ten's going to be tough. They've got Michigan State twice. I believe they've got Michigan twice. Oh, no, they got just one against Michigan, so that, that's a little bit of a reprieve. Um, it did a full schedule breakdown that we'll get down to in the next segment, but... Um, you know they're kind of a crapshoot you know I look at their what I predict for what we predict for them big 10 wise they're going to have to do some damage in the non-conference I think to to maybe make it in the big the big dance as a maybe like a 10 11 seat maybe last four in type of thing like Michigan State was last year um, I do I will say this my guess is that they're going to overachieve I think that they'll end up faring better than we think because this is the kind of year where a guy like Greg Gard gets to coach his guys and develop his guys without all the other stuff that's going on like it was last year. So that is my take on the Badgers. All right, moving to spot number four. Ryan's got the one preview here and then I'm going to give you a quick rundown of our overall standings picks and records and then we'll go to
1: spot five, which would be Michigan State. I've got the, Uh, new coach Mike Woodson um, comes in for Archie the underachiever, we'll call him Archie the underachiever, I like that Uh, Indiana comes in I think that this is a team that is ready to to break through I think this is going to be a a team that surprises people I mean, they've got a lot coming back they've got some good transfers some good freshmen look at their roster, Rob Finnessy's back he's been there for like 20 years he's got good experience um Anthony Leal, played a little bit last year, decent shooting guard, as well as Christian Lander, who was highly touted last year. Didn't didn't really live up to that billing too much. Um, but he he's he's got he's very capable. Jordan Geronimo played a decent amount last year. He's a wing guy, kind of a 3 4 tweener, decent player. Race Thompson, pretty good big guy. At 6'8, 235, good size and stuff there. Um, and then TJD, baby, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, came back for his junior season. Everyone thought he'd be a one-and-done, maybe two years max. He's back. One of the more intriguing players in the Big Ten. Great finisher, great athlete. Not a good shooter by any stretch. Hopefully improve that for Indiana's sake. But he's a, he's a bruiser. He's a he's a hard worker. Um, he's going to take Indiana places, I think. he's a That's an all-conference first-team big guy right there uh, to build build around in year one for Mike Woodson. And he's got some good freshmen, good transfers. He's got Xavier Johnson transferred from Pitt really good last year he'll probably start for him honestly um at the two position six three decent size um good stuff there they're bringing michael durr seven foot transfer from south florida big guy good shot blocker um he's a senior um but eligibility wise a junior so he'll probably be around for two two years there um then they got Trey Galloway, I didn't talk about him before, he's a, he was a freshman last year, shot a decent for him. And then they got Parker Stewart, he's a transfer, played for UT Martin as well as Pitt in the past, um, 6'5", 6'6", guy, um, he's a redshirt senior, so he's, he's old, he's, he's been around the block, provides him some good depth. Um, freshman Tamar Bates, he was pretty highly touted, they got him toward the end of the cycle last year. Um, He's gonna play. I've heard really good things about him. Read good stuff. Really good shooter and good athlete there on the wing. And then my favorite transfer, interconference transfer, Miller Cop, a guy that we had talked really highly of last year. Hoosier type of prototypical Indian, a six-seven shooter, um, can bang a little bit inside. Maybe post up smaller wing guys. um, Really sweet stroke. He's a pretty decent rebounder. Just a good basketball player. I think he takes them. He's gonna start. I think of the three. And they could be dangerous I think this is a team that could finish anywhere from I think they could win it if they played well I think they could finish ninth. I mean, this is a, their a wild card We'll see what happens um, Looking at their schedule um, Not not terrible, I mean, they play St. John's Next week in the Gavigan That's going to be a tough game St. John's is going to be as good as they've been in a while Interesting game there next week to watch On Wednesday um, They play at Syracuse in the ACC Big Ten Challenge Never easy to play against that zone, especially if you're Michigan State. Uh, they play Notre Dame in the Crossroads Classic. Notre Dame's going to be good this year. Um, basically return everyone, so it should be interesting. But no other big headliners um, non-conference-wise. Looking at their conference schedule. I mean, play Michigan State once, um, Michigan only once, so that's that works out for them well. I mean, Purdue a couple times, end them, end the season like they always do against them. Maryland a couple times. Uh, the Buckeyes a couple times as well, but yeah, it's going to be fun, um, Big Ten is looking good, and you can talk about uh, your our little predictions here.
0: Yeah, so we did this for, you know, Big Ten football season, and I've got the master schedule here where I'm kind of checking off and seeing how we're doing, and last week we actually, not our picks wise, but how we picked at the beginning of the season, would have been a pretty good week for us, only had, uh, the only game we had wrong was Illinois and Minnesota. So we did the same approach for basketball. Obviously, a lot more games, 140 total games to get each of these teams to 20 on their roster. Um, you know, you got a little bit of that imbalance of, you know, you only play certain teams once, um, you know, on the road, certain teams once at home. And then you got your kind of your round robins where you're playing teams twice, little protected rivalries and stuff. So, you um, know, it's really hard to predict basketball because you just – You never know. I mean, you get a hot shooting night. You get a cold shooting night. I mean, upsets happen. Road, I think home games are going to be much more meaningful this year with fans back than they were last year. Obviously, you didn't have the benefit of fans, although Michigan State won some big games down the road, down the stretch against top 10, top five teams. Mm -hmm. But without further ado, we'll start from worst to first. Um, You know, no divisions in basketball. No surprise if you listen to the past couple of podcasts. We have Minnesota locking up 14th place at one and 19. Um, it is Oof. not going to be a good year for them. Could they get maybe two or three? Maybe, but doubtful. Um, you know, Northwestern. We've got going 13th at four and 16. That may um, lose a certain coach's job. I don't know you know they've got a little bit more talent than that but it's just it's so hard the top of the big 10 is so good and you'll kind of get a feel for that with these records um, then you got coming in and a tie for 11th actually surprisingly after as i looked at it i had them last week in my previews nebraska at 5 and 15 and then iowa at 5 and 15 iowa turns over a lot this is another thing where you know fran cano might get more out of some of these guys he kind of tends to do that there's a good chance they'll win more than five. There's a decent chance Nebraska will lose more than five. But I do like Hoiberg as a coach, so we've got them both pegged tied for 11th at five and 15. Uh, since I'm working backwards, then at 10th place we've got Penn State at six and 14. Again, one of those teams that could definitely jump up and bite you. You know, we've got them pegged for an upset or two in there, but there's just not enough games against the lower echelon to get them past six wins. You know, maybe they'll, you know, all these teams I would say probably pretty safely could say plus minus two. I don't think much more than that for any team, I would say. Um, then jumping down to ninth, we've got Wisconsin, a uh, team I just previewed going 7 and 13. You know, they got to have a lot of things come together. Wisconsin will do Wisconsin things and they'll beat some teams that they shouldn't. Wisconsin will do some Wisconsin things with a team that's unknown and they will lose some games that in the past maybe they wouldn't. So you got that in the tie for ninth. Going through in eighth place, I think this is where you start to get into the top eight are all, I believe, NCAA tournament locks. Um, And there's a pretty big gap between eight and nine. Ninth place, seven and 13. Eighth place, 11 and nine Rutgers. So you can see, um, you know, you're making a pretty big leap there. Could nine teams get in the dance? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be the same as last year, but eight solid for sure. is coming in seventh place. We've got Ohio State, who a lot of teams are high on. I think that, you know, they lose a little bit of punch in scoring. But, again, they're a well-coached team. We have them going 12-8, and eight, finishing seventh. Then we've got uh, another bit of a gap there moving up to, um, let's see, your tie for fifth. No, not a big gap. I'm just thinking about the tie for third. Tie for fifth, we've got the team Ryan just previewed, and the team I'm about to preview, Indiana and Michigan State, both going 13-7. and seven um both i think could make again could be kind of plus minus two maybe not so much minus two for either i think they're both pretty talented i think they they're indiana is going to be better coach than they've been in a while michigan state's got kind of that blank canvas that is alike so we've got them pegged at tied for fifth at 13 and seven tiebreaker there is michigan state will beat indiana um then you go to tie for third maryland and michigan 15 and five um you know, we know that there's no love lost between those two coaches. I think Ryan mentioned they only <laughs> play each other once. Michigan's going to get the best of them in that game, and then it'll be interesting to see if they match up in the tournament. And then, really, you know, it'll be fairly close there with the next two. But I think Lockstock and Barrel the top two teams in the Big Ten. And I'm sorry, you know, Michigan's getting a lot of love as number one. I, I got them tied. You know, we got them tied for third. But I think these two teams are the best two teams, and they could easily flip flop. But we got Illinois. Finishing second at 16 and four, and Purdue winning the Big Ten at 17 and three. And Purdue, barring injuries or if they're just catastrophically bad shooting with the team that they have, there's no reason that they shouldn't win the Big Ten this year. Mm -hmm. So that's the take on the Big Ten at large. Jumping over to Michigan State, like I kind of mentioned, you know, it's the last team we've got. Um, You know, this is kind of an Izzo team. You know, he turned over four guys, arguable are they big losses I don't know Rocket Watts went to Mississippi State he's hurt and I think out for the season anyway. By yeah, Foster Lawyer um, at Davidson probably a better fit for him. Kiss at Valpo probably a better fit for him. Jack Hoyberg didn't really play that much in fact in the rotation that much. So, you know, in Langford obviously he could have come back for his sixth year after injuries and stuff but he chose to retire and he's going to be on the Big 10 network instead. So Michigan State turns over their roster a little bit, but not really any Henry. Seniors. Well, Henry, yeah. And then not really any other seniors per se. So this is a team that could graduate some guys, like Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, or they could all come back. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays together. Um, You know, you have uh, obviously some key freshmen, Max Christie being the number one. I think he's going to battle with Houston for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Absolutely. He's probably the best guard recruit since Gary Harris, maybe even a better scorer. Um, but he likes to mix it up and he can play some defense. He can rebound. We've seen in the preseason games he can score. He's a big newcomer. Um, Tyson Walker, we like transfers name. Walker, came from Northeastern. He was a defensive player of the year. He was, a, I think, the conference player of the year yep. at Northeastern. Um, you know, he's kind of more of a pass-first, true point guard. That's where Michigan State lacked last year, a guy to get guys like Hauser in a pick-and-pop position. Hauser doesn't have to do as much and then can actually showcase his his passing ability. I think Michigan State's gonna be a vastly better passing team this year, you know, behind him, and we'll get into kind of the starters and whatever. But you got A. J. Hogard, who Izzo says runs the break faster and better than anybody since Mateen Cleaves. And I mean that's pretty high that's, praise that's considering Cassius on. Winston Kiela was just Luke recently there. I old. mean got and not necessarily because of his speed, but because he's got the vision and can get the ball up the floor quickly. So I think in a lot of ways, Michigan State's going to be able to get back to Michigan State ways. They're going to want to run. They're going to be a high assist team, which is when they're better. Right now, a huge, glaring potential—you know—going to cost them a game or two. Weakness is their free throw shooting. Mm -hmm. They do still tend to turn it over a lot. Now, when you're in transition a lot, some of that is to be expected. It's the unforced stuff, though. That's that's a little bit scary. Uh, They got a a good mixture of the bigs, but are they good enough against the Kofis and the Travions and you know the Hunter Dickinsons? I don't know. You know, you get there's just there's enough unknowns that that's why we have Michigan State pegged as a tied for fifth. Could they be better? Yes. I don't think they'll be much worse than that, to be honest. Um, You know, in really probably your starters. are probably well, so far in the preseason, anyways. Walker, but I think Walker and Hogard may get some run together. Um, certainly, Hogard has to improve his his scoring ability. Both are very good passers. Both are Hogard's actually been a better defender. He's trimmed trimmed down. So I think Michigan State's going to be okay at point guard. And then is it which one, Ryan Aikens or Brooks, that plays a little bit of point guard as well? Aikens, Aikens. Is a combo, yeah. So he could play a little bit too if they needed to or if they got injured. Um, you know, at the two guard. You've got uh, Christie, um, you know, and then you got Gabe Brown in there. at The three, they're both, in a way, kind of interchangeable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Gabe's a shooter. He could play. If Gabe Brown attacks the, the rim more this year and just doesn't settle for outside, I think mm-hmm. Michigan State's going to be a lot better. And I think he's kind of taken on a leadership role. He's always been kind of the goofball and stuff. But I, I do expect that Gabe Brown to have a little bit of a breakout. Um, he's not in anybody's shadow now. Sometimes that hurts guys, but I think it'll actually help him. I do think I think Max Christie is going to be a stud for Michigan State. I don't know that he's a one-and-done. I hope he's not a one-and-done, but he might be that good. Um, you know, And then a guy, whether Brooks and, and Aiken's other freshmen really make the playing rotational kind of remains to be seen. You know, If you've got some other interchangeable parts, Michigan State can go a little bit small. They could go Hall at the power forward and then move Hauser to center. Or what they'll more likely start with is Hauser at power forward and Bingham at center. If they want to go bigger, um, you know, Hauser's got to be more like he was in the Christmas Day game against Wisconsin last year for Michigan State this season. That's the guy we expected him to be. Mm. I think with a good point guard to set him up and put it in the shooting pocket, I think he will be. I also think he's going to be more comfortable. And frankly, because he was a little bit of a dud last year, I think that might help him in some ways. You know, a little bit of the pressure's off. Biggum ended the season really well last year. Can he keep it up? I don't know. You know, he's never been really much more than a 12 or 13 minute a game guy. He really needs to be like a 20 to 22 minute a game guy. He definitely can change things inside. He's skinny as a rail. He's been trying great to put on the blocker. weight, but he's a great shot blocker. You know, as long as he doesn't take stupid threes, he's become a little bit of a better finisher. Um, you know, he's got kind of that guard mentality because he just grew like all at once, like you know, uh, Unibrow did. They always talked about. You know, you got Marble, who I've always liked. Ryan's always liked as a little bit of kind of like an Andre Hudson type. I think that he Mm -hmm. can do some good things. I do like Malik Hall. I think he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. It wouldn't surprise me to see him starting in Michigan State going a little bit smaller as the year goes on. He can score. You know, he blew up against Seton Hall a couple years ago as a freshman and almost single-handedly won that game for Michigan State down the stretch. So he can score. He, you know, stuffs the stat sheet. Um, good passer, good rebounder, good defender. Um, you know, Matty Sissoko is kind of like that 10th guy, probably more of like a foul trouble kind of guy. He's a guy that's going to give you five 000, 5, 6, 7 minutes a game. Not going to be a huge scorer, but he can get putbacks. He can, you know, protect the rim a little bit. Um, you know, I it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be we'll, – we'll learn a little bit about Michigan State tomorrow night. Um, Ryan threw a stat at me that the last time Michigan State football – came off of an un- 8-0 record, lost to a <clears throat> unranked team on the road. They happened to be playing Kansas in the Champions Classic as an unranked Michigan State team against a ranked, highly ranked Kansas team and got that upset. Um, they also happened to play Maryland, Ohio State, and Penn State at the home away the home season. at the end of the season, and we all know how that ended. So I'm going for good karma there. I do think Michigan State's going to have a solid season. Good bounce back from last year. You know, Last year was a lot of nail-biting and hand-wringing on whether they'd make the tournament. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think they're going to land in right around that five-seed five um, type of thing. I think their ceiling is maybe a little bit better than we expect it to be. And it's like any of these teams with an unknown, and you're coming into a, a new situation and some new guys and new bodies. How do the new guys fit in? How do the freshmen fit in? How does it work out when you get back to a regular full season without, with people in the stands and without all these protocols and all that stuff? um i you know wouldn't surprise me to see michigan state right up there in the top three but it also wouldn't surprise me to see him six seven in the big 10 it's just we're, we'll be able to tell a lot you know michigan state as usual has a really really tough non-conference schedule um you've got let's see here i flipping through my oh uh, this particular preview i'm flipping through has got a ton of ton of things to look through so Schedule breakdown, we've got Kansas tomorrow. We talked about their preseason top five without one of their Butler. better players. Um, they've got at Butler, although Butler's not quite as good, but still at Butler next week. That's going to be, you know, no cupcake in the gavi games. Um, battle for Atlantis. There's some tough teams in the battle for Atlantis. You've got Loyola Chicago, who's obviously we know all about them, and Sister Jean, Auburn or UConn. Baylor, Arizona State, VCU, Syracuse in there. I mean, Louisville and the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You know, some other interesting games after that, some typicals for Michigan State, Oakland, and and so on and so forth. Um, Playing most of the key teams twice in the Big Ten. Um, Tough schedule. Not the worst of schedules, but a typical tough Izzo schedule. I think we'll learn a lot about Michigan State in the first eight weeks or so of the season. Ryan, you got anything else you want to add? Yeah,
1: you're going to find out real quick what Michigan State's made of, um, like always. I think, I think, like you said, I think it's a team that has a high ceiling. At the floor is a lot higher than it was last year mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to see. I think that at, um, big guy, I think, is my biggest concern right now. I think by committee it could be a, a decent squad, but I'm really looking forward to see uh, Walker and Hogard run the show tomorrow. And I think it's to be interesting kansas i mean that's not gonna be an easy test i think that it's a winnable game for sure but i'm not counting on it but we've seen crazier things happen uh just cannot wait to watch the boys in green and white bounce back
0: absolutely all right ryan we'll end uh we're not end but we'll go to our two-minute drill which is our pick em. how did we do last week what do we got this week
1: last week uh we we're getting worse as the season goes on that's <laughs> the good news right no i'm just kidding uh yeah, we two weeks ago, so which would have been week nine we went seven five. This last week we went six and five each. Um, I'm ninety and thirty one. You're ninety five and thirty four. Uh, this week we have I think the same amount of games as last week. Yep. So we'll have eleven games again. We'll start off in the Big Ten. Michigan, Penn State. Um, noon game at Penn State. Uh, Michigan. I, I just I, this game is so hard. I mean, it's virtually a pick 'em. Uh, on a lot of the gambling sites, um, when you when you look at it, um, I think Penn State's like minus one and a half, minus one, minus a half, whatever. Um, so it's close. It's, it's um, the gamblers going to be close. Vegas thinks to be close. I'm going Penn State here. They got the home field advantage. I think it's be very close, like twenty three twenty material, but puts Michigan out.
0: Yeah, I think I think if it was white out, it would be Penn State by maybe even ten points, but. Um, maybe some of it depends on quorum, but I do think Penn State's, you know, they're kind of hungry. They're maybe out of the Big Ten East race, but they're, they've got plenty to play for, maybe backdoor their way in some way, shape, or form into a New Year's Six. So I will agree. If this was at Michigan, I would think I would flip it and I would pick Michigan, but I'm going to go with Penn State as well.
1: Hottest team in the Big Ten, Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Easy Wisconsin win. It's at Wisconsin. Yeah, it's one of those
0: games where traditionally Northwestern does rise up if it was at Evanston where they keep the grass like three inches long as opposed to one and a half inches long to slow the Wisconsin run game. I could maybe see it, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think this – if if they beat Rutgers 52-3 to last week, this is going to be similar. Yeah. To Wisconsin.
1: Rutgers versus IU. Shockingly enough with how bad Indiana has played um, this season, Rutgers is the dog in this game. Um, interesting. Rutgers, I mean – they did get blown up by Wisconsin last week. They played teams tough. I mean, played Michigan State fairly tough, played Michigan tough, had a good start to the season. I'm going with the Scarlet Knights here. I, Indiana's just, I, they're not good. I mean, they're two and what, seven right now, two and six? It's not going to get any better for the Hoosiers.
0: Yeah, I mean, Indiana could win their last three Rutgers, Minnesota, Purdue, and probably not as much Purdue. I think they're due. And I gotta get one back on you. I'm gonna go with Indiana here. Maybe Penix is gonna play. I don't know. Maybe Rutgers is damaged after last week and getting absolutely Ohio State in the so. shoe,
1: playing the spoiler makers. Uh, Purdue, um, they should win this because you know they just always upset top five teams. But I, I'm not, I don't think this week. I think it's gonna be no. close. But I just I think that Ohio State gets it done here at home. Um, I think it'll be like it'll be high scoring, like forty to thirty-one. I think Purdue will cover. I think it's like there might be a seventeen-point dog, which I don't Ooh, get. Yeah, I, I wouldn't don't get that.
0: I don't get that either because you know Vegas had it pretty right last week when they had Michigan State only a two and a half point favorite and West Lafayette. I, I don't. I mean, Purdue is the giant killer. They're the best at it in college football history. Period. I just don't think they can get three top five ten, no. top five, three top five teams in like a four-week span. I just don't see it. But I do. Think that they'll cover that, and I think it'll be a you know, maybe like more like an eight point game, high scoring. I'm gonna go with Ohio State as well.
1: Uh, Minnesota versus Iowa, um, could be interesting. One three nothing, yeah, seriously. So, I'm gonna go with the Golden Gophers. Um, I just don't think Iowa's offense has enough, and Minnesota's gonna be pissed that they lost.
0: Yeah, it's at Iowa. Um, Iowa's got their backup, maybe that'll breathe some life into them. If Minnesota can only score six against Illinois, can they score three
1: against Iowa? Because Iowa's defense is still really good. I'm going Iowa. And then their last Big Ten game, Michigan State looking to bounce back, playing the Terps. Uh, This worries me a bit with the way Maryland throws the ball, but Maryland's defense might be, I think is the worst in the Big Ten from top to bottom, Um, points-wise, yards-wise, all that good stuff. I think Michigan State bounces back, wins. I think they're going to score 40-plus points. I think it'll be like 40 four to 20 or something like that. Big win. Uh, Michigan State. I
0: think it's the biggest spread Michigan state's had in their favor this year, plus 14 or their 14 point favorite right now. I think Thorne throws for over 300. I think Walker runs for over 200. I think Michigan state takes out some aggression on Maryland. I think that's what the, what Vegas is seeing. I think that they set this up to, you know, quiet some, some people who are complaining a little bit about the season after just one loss uh, and sets up an absolutely epic, Next week showdown on November twentieth against the
1: Buckeyes. Going outside the Big Ten now, Oklahoma Baylor, pretty big game in the Big Twelve there. Um, I'm going Oklahoma. I think their offense is clicking with Caleb Williams. I think Baylor's defense is decent, but um, I'm going Sooners.
0: Yeah, I got a, I got Oklahoma as well. I mean Baylor is going to be a little salty after last week, but I, I think, uh, I think Oklahoma gets it done. You know Williams is trying to weasel his way into the Heisman race and. I think that he has another big game this weekend.
1: Oklahoma versus, I'm sorry, Ole Miss versus AM. and m um, like I said, Calzada's hurt. Ole Miss is a dog in this game as well. Um, Matt Corral, I think he's he's too good. I think Ole Miss gets this one done. Where is it? Uh, I believe it's at Ole Miss and it's College. Because we day. talked
0: a lot, we talked last week about where it was, and I would have probably picked a and after the fact. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Ole Miss in this one. Although you know it's hard to argue, Texas
1: A&M is playing really well right now. So, yeah. Uh, and then last college game, Wake for Cincy State, big game at Wake, um, night game. I'm going with the Demon Deacons.
0: Yeah, I got to go with Demon, the Deeks too. I mean, they blew a big lead against North Carolina. I don't, they wouldn't have been a, a you know a college football playoff contender. I don't really think, but um, they're still a fun story, and it's fun that actually their quarterback and their former running back are really probably two of the best players in college football this year. I'll go with Wake as well.
1: Uh, Lions, Steelers, NFL. The Lions are on their way to 0-17 season. Pittsburgh takes them.
0: Yeah, we're watching Pittsburgh right now. Kind of beating up on Justin Fields and the Bears, I think. I mean, I'm not picking the Lions again. Go, Steelers are going to win that game easily.
1: Chiefs, Raiders, um, a little AFC West action there. Uh, both teams have it. I mean, the Raiders started off hot and they've had all these issues, Gruden. And they lost Albit. the Giants. Yeah, they're just, I don't know. And the Chiefs, their, their offense is awful. Their defense is awful. I got to go with the Raiders because I think their defense is better. They can stop Mahomes, but I just, I just don't know. I'm going to go Raiders, um, but ugh, I don't know. It's ugly. It could be ugly.
0: Yeah, just to, just to take a flyer, I'm going to take the Chiefs.
1: All right, that's it for this week.
0: All right, let's get our sprint as we're over an hour again this week because we just love talking so much about sports. It's going to be a very MSU-centric sprint, so apologies to our non-Michigan State fans. Ryan, who will be Michigan State's leading scorer this season?
1: Max Christie, 14.7 points per game.
0: Oh, exact exact prediction too. Can the Spartans contend for a Big Ten title?
1: I believe so. I don't know if they will win it, but I think they'll be up there. They're definitely going to be competitive.
0: What is Michigan State's ceiling
1: this season? Uh, Ceiling? I think that they're... I think there could be a top three seed in the tournament. Um, it, it would take a lot, I think it'd take a fifteen and five Big Ten record to do so, and probably one to two non-conference losses uh, to do that. But I think I think that's possible. I really do.
0: And favorite part of Festivus: the poll, the airing of grievances, or the feats of strength. Uh,
1: let's go with the poll. <laughs>
0: All right. Who will be Michigan State's leading scorer this season? I think it'll be uh, two guys right up there, I think, between Gabe and, and Christy. But I think it'll be Christy, and I think he'll be north of 15 points a game. He's going to be a dynamic scorer, can take it outside, can bring it to the rack. Can Michigan State contend for a Big Ten title? Yeah, I mean, things have to fall their way. I honestly think you know a better shot for them is to try to get top four and get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. I just think Purdue... In uh, Illinois really are kind of head and shoulders above the rest. But I think, you know, Michigan, Indiana, Michigan State, Maryland, those four teams could easily jockey for the next couple spots. So I, mildly, um, I think, better than they could last year, but not so much this year. I believe their ceiling, similar to Ryan, maybe three-seed. I think they're, a, you know, probably at their best, they're a sweet 16 team. Maybe if something falls their way, maybe they're an Elite Eight. I do think, as ISO teams always do, they'll get better in March be better at the end of the season which i think will bode well for where they go i think they're due um to get back to a little bit of a run but i'd say sweet 16 is their is their ceiling this season and my favorite part of festivus has got to be the airing of grievances all right ryan hit us with some social media reminders
1: uh yep just a reminder follow us on twitter at the final score 35 uh thank you for listening keep giving us uh sprints all that good stuff uh, but yeah that's about all i've got
0: all right, a little shout out again to our sponsor, Team Anders Realtors. Uh, thank them so much for their partnership this year and hope that we can continue into next year. Hard to believe we're already approaching our one year anniversary of this podcast. Nary missed a week. Um, but a, a special shout out to them. Thanks for all of our listeners. Um, you know, looking at the numbers is a crazy good week. Um, a couple weeks ago when we had the, the extra pregame preview, we're gonna have some special guests this basketball season. So stick with us, especially if you like hoops. Don't, don't be afraid to share our content. We love more and new listeners. You can start sending ideas for us. We're kind of g- coming fresh out of sprint ideas week to week, and we're probably going to get to the point where I'm repeating because I'm old. So if you got sprint ideas, shoot them to Ryan on Twitter um, or, or hit us up on text and give us some ideas. Meantime, so let's get started because we have got a lot of problems with you people.